I'm Nan Rubin. I'm the project director at uh, Channel 13 for a project called Preserving Digital Public Television. And it's a project funded by the Library of Congress under a program called NDIIPP. Jeff mentioned it as NDIP. It stands for National Digital Information and Infrastructure Preservation Program. And it's actually something that uh, uh, the library uh, created coming out of some of these studies that they had done earlier um, that were mentioned before, that Jane mentioned, 94 and, uh, 1994 and 1997, on uh, what it was going to take to preserve cultural information into the future, particularly digital cultural information. And especially the report in 1997 that Mary Ide from WGBH um, and another, a number of other people worked on specifically looking at what it would take to preserve television once it really moved into the digital environment. Because uh, obviously in 97, uh, it was very difficult for people to even conceive of what preservation would take. But the Library of Congress, you know, being the trusted repository for our cultural heritage, uh, was really trying to think about that. So they had money set aside to um, uh, create some pilot projects specifically on digital preservation of born digital material. And our project was funded uh, several years ago to work particularly with born digital uh, public television productions, um, discrete programs. I'm going to talk just a little bit um, about what that is. Um, uh, our project is uh, comprised of um, three public television entities. Uh, Channel 13 and WGBH, you've already heard from WGBH. Between us, our two stations are responsible for approximately 60% of the national programming schedule on public TV, the primetime, excuse me, the primetime pro programming schedule on public TV as it exists right now in the analog world. I think that'll be changing when there's the digital switch over uh, by 09. But right now, we, we do a lot of the national programming. We also have uh, New York University as our partner. They're uh, very well experienced in uh, developing digital libraries, and that's something public TV doesn't have any experience with, so we're very happy to be working with them. They also have a program in moving image preservation that includes film and video, and so they've been extremely uh, valuable in working with us on what it takes to work in a library and archive environment. Again, public television doesn't have much experience in that kind of a world. Um, uh, we also are working with PBS directly. PBS is the primary distributor of public television broadcast programs right now. Uh, and they don't hold the copyright, they don't do any of the production, but they do the acquisition and distribution for the programs. So most of the material that's seen on public TV right now goes to PBS and then PBS sends it out. And that's changing in a lot of different ways, but they have a collection now of virtually all of the programs that have been sent out over public TV from the 60s, 1960s, some of that material gets deposited at the Library of Congress, but right now a lot of it is also sitting in a warehouse in Virginia. They have 150,000 videotapes there. A lot of it is in two-inch format and one-inch format and obsolete things that nobody can play back anymore um, for us to look at without a fairly expensive kind of transformation process. So we're going to be trying to come up with a plan for some of that as well. But you can see the library wants to preserve this as one of the most um, important uh, records of cultural history in the United States, and we're going to help them out if we can. Uh, our project is specifically working on born digital programs. Uh, technically, with the Library of Congress money, we can't really work directly on any of the analog stuff. 
but we're, um, in our planning, we're encompassing all of the materials that we hold, even though our model repository is really for the born digital materials. And we are well along now. We're um, in, at the end of the third year of what was to be a three-year project. We've already had it extended for two more years, so we'll be going for a while. And uh, we're, gonna, we're supposed to be designing a model repository for digital video, so that's what NYU is really helping us with. And even though you can look at the stuff that we've been looking at all day today, actually thinking about a preservation repository for digital materials is really not as simple as it sounds. There are a lot of steps that have to go through in order for us to think about um, preparing the material to put into a, a kind of preservation repository, and then, of course, the main thing is being able to retrieve it. Putting it in isn't so hard, but getting it back out again with integrity, with it being intact in the way that it was produced and reflecting the kinds of things that were put into it when it was originally um, broadcast or produced are the things that we're really working on. Uh, the challenges that we have been looking at, um, I want to say that uh, we have a website and we're putting uh, a lot of our material up there. It's a little, we're a little slow, but we're trying to be steady on it. Um, we, have a we have a very excellent report that was prepared on selection criteria because we're talking about a lot of quantity of material, not just finished programs, but all the material, or not all the material, but a great deal of material that didn't go into the programs. So that would be available possibly for non-broadcast or even just for research later. Um, and uh, so we've got a, a paper that uh, we prepared on selection. Mary was actually very instrumental in writing that. Uh, we've got a paper that we're just about ready to uh, publish on metadata. You've heard that a couple of times now. And uh, I was very heartened when uh, Murray this morning, the very first presentation, said metadata is king because we feel like it's one of the things, it, the term is getting to be a little overused, but it's really crucial to being able to retrieve digital files. Digital files are useless if they don't have the labels and the labels are in the metadata. Um, we also have a paper on file formats. And I'm not sure that people understand in the production of uh, broadcast video, we probably, I haven't counted them up, we probably go through, I don't know, help me Mary or Karen, uh, we could easily have like 50 different file formats that the programs, the program material, the audio, the animations, the text, et cetera, get, when they're getting uh, moved back and forth between one editing system to another editing system to something that puts them on a file format and kicks them back out for some other use and moves them around to another place, there's a lot of file formats that are used there. And there's a lot of information that gets put into them and stripped out and put in again. And in order for us to be successful with the preservation aspects, we've got to be mindful of all those and try and protect that information as much as possible. And this, of course, is where the whole idea of standards comes in and also streamlining the production process. Um, so we're, we're working on publishing our analysis of what it takes to actually produce a television program as it's done right now for broadcast um, and what it's going to take for us to distribute that program in a digital form and to preserve that program in a digital form. We're looking at one of the major technical problems is a file wrapper, which is uh, what it's going to take for us to package the essence, which is the actual moving image material, with the metadata in some kind of a format so that we can put it in a repository and retrieve it. That's why our uh, paper on file formats and metadata, we're going to try to 
uh, mash them up together um, to actually uh, move forward on that. We thought that other uh, TV producers would be working on the problem of, file f of the file wrapper. And so we went around and talked to the networks, et cetera. Nobody was doing it. We actually uh, found that we were kind of out there by ourselves. So we organized uh, a meeting with the support of the Library of Congress a year ago, and we invited a lot of people working on file format, particularly video file format issues, to talk to us about wrappers. And um, uh, we also uh, asked for the help of PBS, which was developing its own kind of a wrapper. And we found that everyone said, oh, we'll work with you or we'll follow you. So instead of us being able to kind of do follow along with what was being developed in the commercial world, we were finding that uh, commercial folks were ready to follow us. So uh, two things have developed out of that. One is that PBS is actually developing an MXF profile for video files for use for distribution uh, that's going to be specifically oriented for public television because we were finding with all of the so-called uh, um, uh, uh, definition of MXF being so flexible and all of that, that in fact some of the uh, mechanisms that were playing back our files were stripping out the closed captioning. Obviously not a good thing. So we needed to protect that. We needed to protect some of the information. We're coming up with our own profile for MXF, which we hope will then be adopted as a standard. Um, and that will help us greatly with the interoperability. We also have recently um, joined up with Turner Broadcasting, Discovery, and some of the other cable broadcast networks to work collectively on a, 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 a wrapper that we'd be able to use through the production format that, again, we hope would be adopted as a standard within television so that uh, we'll all be able to use the same material we get the vendors to promise that they'll be able that they will in fact play back whatever we give them. Um, and uh, one other thing that we're working on now is that we're starting to archive all the websites in public television. This is something very recent that we're doing um, in cooperation with the Internet Archive. Uh, we felt that with all of the um, companion websites that were developed for public TV and now that we're seeing a lot of public TV developing out of the websites, <laughs> that we should be capturing those things and also putting them into some kind of a preservation environment or at least storing them in a way that we have a historical record of these things, um, particularly because people seeing the TV programs at some point will also want to know what was online in connect connection with these things. So we're just starting to do this and we're actually very excited about it um, and uh, hopefully we'll have something uh, to be able to show people soon where they want to start looking at the history of doing it now. You know, we won't have too much history, but if we do it over a period of time, we know that it'll be there. Um, a new development which has come out of um, all of these various efforts um, with us, with our partners within NDIP, and also we have a group of fellow travelers, st people from a bunch of other public television stations and uh, independent producers, is this concept of the American Archive, which was mentioned earlier this morning that Sue Kantrowitz from GBH brought up. The American Archive is actually a very new development, and it's partially the inspiration of the British Creative Archive. It's partially coming out of some of the work that's been done within public broadcasting by the, C the Corporation for Public Broadcasting organized a digital rights working group basically to say, what do we do to start managing our material in a way that we can make it accessible to the public, um, also the development of uh, a standard for uh, providing descriptive metadata called PB Core, 
which is based on the library standard called Dublin Core, and it's an expansion of that. Um, that's been in the works for a couple of years. It was finally released, and now we're trying to encourage TV stations around the country to use it because it's a standard. The MIC uh, website will map to PB Core, and it's something that we feel like is really important. That's out there now. Um, and something that's also very important, which is also fairly recent, is the extension of the public broadcasting distribution system, which has been uh, kind of one point to many system uh, up until recently um, in the analog design and is now in the process of being transformed into a digital distribution system which will be based on very broadband um, access to program files and uh, will be not just one point to uh, many but also will involve peer-to-peer -peer distribution. And that's in the process of being planned and we found that uh, in looking at the existing infrastructure in public broadcasting, which we have extensive infrastructure nationally, which is all being transformed into digital infrastructure, that we could include a preservation element in that as well. So that in addition to having programs available for playout, for public playout over broadcasting, that we could capture some of that and be able to store it for long-term uh, preservation as well. And um, that, that we can use the existing system to plan how that would work. And the American Archive is based in part on taking advantage of that digital infrastructure that's being put in place, and in large part also on, of course, the growing interest on having these access to these materials that people have on their shelves that all of a sudden is a hot commodity. Old TV, it's a hot commodity. And not only do we have the 150,000 national programs that PBS has on their shelves, every local station has their own local programs on the shelves that are historical documents that are really important. So the American Archive, if we're successful, will be able to begin making some of these materials available. And the focus of a lot of that is educational access. Um, we prepared uh, a little promo reel to sell this idea when, we, when it was first brought to Congress a couple of weeks ago, um, actually a couple of months ago, and I thought we could show that to you now. Back in 1952, the regents of the University of Wisconsin called for the establishment of a television laboratory and the beginning of a new and wonderful element in the cultural life of our city. Tonight you join me in being present at the birth of a great adventure. If newness be its vice, then boldness be its virtue. Let's look in the window. Who's in, who's in here anyhow? Peek in the window. It's you. I like. When they saw the Beatles, ah! Welcome to the front shelf of Jim's a Child. National Educational Television presents the WGBH-TV production, Mrs. Eleanor Roosevelt, Prospects of Mankind. Mr. President, you're very kind indeed. future in which our country will match its military strength with our moral restraint.
would you be willing to vote for something stronger than that that would have meaning to all these people who've been sitting here? What percentage of the plainclothesmen assigned to the division, to the 6th Division at that time, do you feel participated in the path? Everyone, to my knowledge. Everyone? Everyone. Well, we got the interest bills, the diesel tax, the SEMTA tax, and uh, auto emissions. It's going to be a busy afternoon. time you hear us say the two words, all seven, you respond with Talaga. Where in the world is Cartman, San Diego. The Cyber Squad is back in business. That's our propaganda piece <laughs> for trying to express the importance of us um, preserving this material and making it accessible to people. Though we have a lot of problems to overcome in order to really do this, um, obviously we've talked about a, a few of them, or you've heard about a few of them. The rights clearances, uh, being able to go back and actually uh, get adequate cataloging on a lot of this material, the technical remastering of the old stuff. Um, which can be quite costly, um, and uh, some kind of real access mechanism so that there'll be an interface that people will be able to use. But these are all things that um, we think we'll be getting support from the Pu Corporation for Public Broadcasting to begin planning, and we'll have a lot of support throughout the public broadcasting system, both television and radio, to start working on this kind of a project.